Hi everyone, thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Musings of Your Mind and Fan podcast. My name is Paul, your regular host. On today's show, I'll be talking about my United Carabao Cup quarterfinal victory over Charlton Athletic at Old Trafford. As you guys know already, we won the game by three goals to nothing. And um, we are going to play the semi-finals against Nottingham Forest in the draw that were released last night. Um, we'll be taking on Forest after they defeated Wolves. Uh, on penalty shootout by four goes to three and we'll be playing the first leg at Nottingham Forest home ground okay so uh, I think that's a good one for Manchester United uh, we have a chance of winning a trophy this season um, because Manchester City were eliminated by Southampton surprisingly um, even though you could argue that Manchester City fielded a weakened side but it's still a very good side if you look at the quality of players Manchester City has, uh, players like Kyle Walker played, Dick Laporte played, um, Julian Alvarez played, Gundogan played, even De Bruyne and Haaland were brought on in the second half to try and rescue the game. And Cancelo played, so many quality players played, and unfortunately uh, they were not able to break down Southampton, who were very good on the night. In fact, Manchester City did not have any shot on target. Uh, so, a nice one for Southampton. They will take on Newcastle um, in the other semi-final. So, we have a good opportunity of winning a trophy this season. Um, even though it's the Carabao Cup, which is um, not the biggest of trophies, but we've not won a trophy in five years. So, at this point in time, we cannot talk down or look down on the Carabao Cup. We used to look down on the Carabao Cup in the days of Alex Ferguson because we we won um, the Premier League um, regularly. So we tended to look down on the Carabao Cup, even though we won it a couple of times on that figure. I think we won it about five times under Sir Alex Ferguson. And I think it's uh, we have a good opportunity this season to actually break our trophy drought and begin to build something special for the future and i'm quite happy and pleased with the draw i'm quite pleased manchester city have been eliminated newcastle appears to be the, the strongest opposition um we will come across in the final um if we are able to get past Nottingham forest i believe we should be able to um defeat Nottingham forest barring an injury drought I mean, not injury drought, barring an injury crisis um, of major proportions, we should be able to have enough to get through to the final over two legs, not just one leg, it's over two legs. We'll be taking off Nottingham Forest home and away. And so that's a good one for Manchester United. Um, so I think um, I'm excited about the draws, but that's not the reason why I'm. Well, it's not the only reason why I have this podcast made today. Um, the main reason why I had this podcast made is to talk about our performance against Charlton Athletic in the Carabao Cup quarterfinal. And so, um, we defeated Charlton Athletic three goals to nothing. Uh, with goals scored by Anthony and um, Marcus Rashford grabbed a brace after he came on in the second half. 
So many minority fans criticized um, the team in terms of the fact that we could not, our our bench could not, um, or I won't say our bench, our reserves could not really kill the game off against Charlton Athletic. Um, and we had to bring in our experienced first team players like Rashford, Ericsson, Casemiro before we could get the game done and dusted. Um, but you can see that I guess Southampton, Pep fielded the weekend side and suffered the price for fielding the weekend side. Again, on the flip side, you could also argue that Southampton is a much, much tougher opponent than Charlton Athletic. But on, but to be fair, Charlton Athletic against Man United and Old Trafford were quite very good. They were very well organized and they had a large support um, at Old Trafford. About 9,000 fans, I believe, came to Old Trafford. So they were actually buoyed and fired up for this one. And they defended stoutly. Um, were quite organized. I made it very difficult for Manchester United. A moment of brilliance from Anthony uh, gave us the lead, and it took two late goals from Rashford to see off uh, Charlton Athletic's resistance. And we were all nervous. We were worried that uh, a mistake at the defense, and um, or a moment of genius, a moment of brilliance by one of the Charlton Athletic players could, you know grant them an equalizer and force the game into penalties and you know in penalties anything can happen and of recent in recent times my united have not been doing too well in penalty shootouts we've been losing them and you know we don't want that to happen but thankfully um Marcus Rashford was or is in brilliant form and he duly converted two good chances that were created for him by Pelistri and Casemiro. So I'll be talking about the performances of the players individually shortly. But before I do that, I want to really commend Marcus Rashford for his sensational form. He's in good form. I suspect this is the purple patch uh, for Marcus Rashford. 15 goals in all competitions this season. His seventh goal in six games. He's He has scored, in I think, in eight consecutive matches. And... What other stats? You know, he's been he's been great since the World Cup. And even before the World Cup, he was he was in good form and he did well at the World Cup. Bang it three goals at the World Cup. Now for Manchester United he has been hot form since the um the league resumed. So it's been Rachel has been outstanding and he has scored fifteen goals this season, three times what he grabbed the whole of last season, which was just five. So it's a remarkable uh, turnaround in Marcus Rashford's performance for Manchester United. Of course, we need to also not forget so quickly how bad he was in the last one and a half years or thereabouts. Okay, yes, he's in good form and everything he seems to touch seems to be turning into gold and he's scoring left, right and centre. Long may it continue. But let's not be under any illusions as regards Marcus Rashford. As good as he is right now, he can easily return to the Rashford of last season. So let's not get carried away. 
I wish him the best and I hope he continues to prove us wrong um, in terms of his performance and the goals and assists he's grabbing. Right now, he's untouchable, he's on fire and one of the hottest properties right now um, in England, if not the whole of Europe. So, Nelson from Rashford and I hope he continues in his good form. Um, to talk about the players individually, well, um, Tom Heating did have much to do. Um, but he is a good goalkeeper, very good at claiming crosses and also a very good short stopper who didn't really have much work to do against um, Charlton Athletic. So nice one from Tom Hitting, a good backup to have. Um, and we also have Jack Butland, even though he's not going to be getting too many games. Uh, we have David De Gea, and we still have Dean Henderson, so that's a conundrum. But we have, a, I think we have an embarrassment of riches in terms of goalkeeping options, and um, I wish we had strength in depth in certain positions, in the outfit playing positions um, amongst our squad, but uh, it's not to be for Manchester United in that regard. But in the goalkeeping department, we have an embarrassment of quality goalkeepers. Dean Henderson is also a very good goalkeeper. He was instrumental in helping Nottingham Forest defeat Wolverhampton uh, Wanderers in the Carabao Cup. Um, in the penalty shootout, he made a save. So that's uh, a plus for Manchester United, even though I don't think he, in the long run, unless we push out David DJ. I don't think he has uh, much of a future at Manchester United and David DJ's form of late. David DJ knows he has competition for his shirt and so he has upped his game and David DJ is still relatively young for a goalkeeper. He's 32 years. So unless Manchester United is fed up with David DJ, I don't see how um, players like the goalkeeper like the Henderson who are looking for first in football we caught it at Manchester United, really. Anyway, moving on. Um, Dalot did very well initially yesterday. Unfortunately, he suffered an injury. And I hope it's not too serious. Uh, maybe it's just a knock. Hopefully, he'll be fit for the Manchester City game. But if he's not fit, I'm not too worried if Wambisaka plays. Because Wambisaka too has been very good since um, the league resumed after the World Cup. Um the only problem with Wambisaka is he's going forward. He doesn't, he's not very good going forward, but defensively he's quite good. And I guess Manchester City, I suspect that, um, um, I beg your pardon, uh, Aram Wambisaka will be um, doing a lot of defensive work, which is where we really need him, anyways, and will not be contributing anything going forward. Um, but I guess Charlton Athletic, he didn't give any cross. I don't recall him making any crosses whatsoever. Um, defensively, he was good. And in fact, Dalot, because of his enterprising runs forward, um, Charlton tended to build or create some of their attacking threats from Dalot's position at right back. Um, but as soon as Wambisaka got there, the attack shifted to the other side to where Malasha was. You know, so that tells you how good Wabisaka is defensively. Unfortunately, he doesn't have the brains of Dalot. And for a team like Manchester United, progressive forward thinking fullback are what we really need. And that's why Dalot will always get the thumbs up ahead of Aaron Wabisaka.
that's just the reality. Then in central defense, Harry Maguire, uh, the captain of the club, um, well, I would say he was average. There were some, there were several shift key moments um, that he had while playing. Um, he was nutmegged once or so, and apart from his passing, which was sideways to Ganacho most times and to players near him, he didn't do anything remarkable. Um, fortunately for Manchester United, um, Charlton Athletic are really not a threat going forward. And there were a lot of huffs and puffs, but they really didn't give Harry Maguire a run for the money. They didn't, really te- they didn't test Tom Eaton at all. Tom Eaton hardly made any saves, not to talk of making a fantastic one. So, um, But if you look at Harry Maguire's performance overall, it wasn't convincing and... When he plays, the defense line is always shaky. You get worried that he will not commit a he won't commit a blunder that will lead to an equalizer. You know, while we were still struggling to grab the second goal of the game. So that's the that is Harry Maguire for you. For England, he's very good. For Manchester United, I think the weight of pressure, the weight of expectation on him is um making him play Poorly, uh, much more poorer than what he would normally serve, serve up in any club or in any other club. I think he's naturally he's not a bad defender. I think he's an average and okay defender, good in the air, tall, a bit strong, but because of the criticisms of his errors, which are and are rightly so, he has been very poor for a very long time. Committing errors, committing blunders, left, right, and center, not exhibiting the charisma that is required of a captain. So all these things are playing on Maguire, and he's doing worse than he would normally do if he wasn't a captain, or if he were not playing for Manchester United. So that is the situation as regards Harry Maguire. His partner, however, Lisandro Martinez, was outstanding. In my opinion, he did very well, tackled very well, was involved all round. So you just got to love Lissandro Martinez. And um, I was initially, as you guys must have known, if you're a regular listener on this platform, you know that I criticized Lissandro Martinez after that Brentford game. I haven't mocked his nickname, but lo and behold, he's one of the shining lights of Manchester United and has been very, very good. So, um, Lissandro Martinez thumbs up, he did very well against Charlton Athletic, which you would expect anyway for a team of Charlton Athletic's quality. Let's hope that he starts on Saturday against Manchester City and puts in a good performance alongside Rafa Varane. At left-back, Tarek Malasha played instead of Brookshaw. Malasha, I feel, is just like Wan-Bissaka. He's a better version of Wan-Bissaka. And the, in the sense that he is much better going forward. He can connect and link up play with the attackers. But he is not, he's not a very good crosser or doesn't like crossing um, balls into the Etienne box. I do not know whether the reason our fullbacks do not cross that much is because we don't have target men or good target men to you know, lay crosses for or pass the ball to. Maybe that's partly the reason, or maybe that is the reason for the poor performances from Malasha, especially going forward. But 
Um, Otis Binicol, I don't think he's that good going forward. Of course, I believe he has potential. We can say glimpses of his um, attacking play going forward. But I just think it's not good enough compared to what Luke Shaw offers. So that's my opinion on the defence that played against um, Chatelain Athletic um, on, on Tuesday um, evening. And um, in the midfield, it was McTominay, Fred, and Mainu. And Mainu is a very young lad, 70 years old, I understand he is. And he tried to impact the game. But I think this was just a bit too much for a player of his stature. And the fact that um, he's making his competitive debut for Manchester United may have affected him. So... Um, I hope he gets other opportunities to showcase his talent and, you know, do very well for Manchester United. Um, but at the moment, he's nowhere near the quality of players like um, Bruno Fernandes or uh, Christian Eriksen and so on. So, I think Mane um, did all right. Um, Scott McTominay, I think, was disappointing. He had an opportunity to shine. Um, but he failed to take the opportunity. I think he was sloppy and um, I would say he was doing things that anyone could do. You know, but he wasn't outstanding. He was just average, distinctively bang average. That was what McTominay um, was yesterday. And um, eventually he got hooked off anyway. But he... He was disappointed, really. He, he, he Eric Ten Hag reshuffled the midfield and still kept him on so that he could have an impact, you know, on the squad positively. But it was not to be. He um, he just didn't do well enough. His shooting, his passing, his dominance of the midfield, everything was off. He didn't do what was required of someone of his stature. For someone who was, um, at some point in earlier in the season, he was keeping Casemiro f- from walking into the team. It's just shameful that... I don't know how to describe it anyway. Let me just move on. Um, so Fred was outstanding too. I think Fred was one of our best players. And if he wasn't hooked off that early in the second half, I would have given him man of the match. I think he would have been, in my opinion, the man of the match uh, for Manchester United. But um, everybody has uh, have their opinion, so I expect others to publish or to... to well, many people, um, will I say made Rashford for the man of the match or said that um, um, some people gave uh, Casemiro, some gave um, Rashford. I, but I think Fred was a good candidate. Fred was great all through um, the period he was on the pitch. He had a good free kick in the first half, which was saved. Um, perhaps if he, had, um, if he had played a bit longer, I think Fred would have... Um, probably got the recognition that he deserved. Fred has been good, no doubt about that, in the last couple of weeks, especially after the World Cup. Fred, Rashford, they've been very good for Manchester United. 
I feel that because these players, well, so a part of me feels that uh, these players are running at the end of the contract, so they are they are playing very well or doing very well now, and have to secure their future or to or to advertise themselves for other teams to grab them in the event that they don't get a contract extension at Manchester United. I'm sure Rashford eventually will be offered a contract. Um, Fred, though, on the other hand, maybe it's 50-50. But Fred has been good, you know, um, since he, the, after the World Cup. Uh, in any cameo he played, he's been very, very good for Manchester United. And long may it continue. His passing has improved. His tenaciousness is still there. So this is what we need from Fred. Um... Bruno was suspended, so Bruno didn't play. It was McTominay, Fred, and Maino. Okay, I've talked about all of them. So, um, Casemiro came came on for. I think it was uh, Fred that um, Casemiro came in, and again he showed his class um, in his passing. He showed his quality in his passing. Of course, um, he made some. He gave the ball away a couple of times, but overall he was very good. Um, Casemiro, his assist for Rashford's goal was sublime and wonderful. And I really love Casemiro. I think he's been great for Manchester United. Really. Um, then Ericsson also came on as a substitute. He had some good attempts on goal, which were either blocked or saved by the goalkeeper. Um, so Ericsson also had a positive impact on the team when he came on. His passing range, his um, his shooting, and his goal involvements have been very great for Manchester United, and I hope um, he keeps on on this uh, vein of form. Um, on the wings, um, Elanga, uh, Macantoni. Sorry, I beg your pardon. <laughs> no, Macantoni, Anthony. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, Anthony, not Mark Anthony, I beg your pardon. Anthony, um, Elanga, and what's the name again? Um, Ganacho were the ones who started um, up front for Manchester United. Of course, Ganacho uh, was lively, had a lot of goal investments, especially in the first half. He did very well, had attempts uh, on goal. In the second half, that was saved, and Anthony grabbed the the opening goal for Manchester United with a calling effort, you know. So I think Ganacho and and Anthony justified their starting um, shirt against Charlton Athletic, and um, Elanga cannot I cannot say the same for Elanga because he was poor again. I think the guy deserves a loan deal. I hope Manchester United can get this done sooner rather than later. But um, Alanga was distinctively average, or you could argue was below average, and you can also argue he was poor. So um, something needs to be done about Alanga. Is he good enough for Manchester United? Does he need a loan move? You know, to determine. Elanga's fit. I think Elanga needs personally. I think he needs to be sold, or at the very least, be sent out alone because um, 
he has potential. He's fast. He's a bit physical. What he needs is to, you know, put his head down and focus on the main goal, you know. So, I think that is um, my view on Elanga. Elanga has been poor and I clearly needs to... I think he needs to be sent out alone. That is what I want to say in a nutshell. Um, many people have argued or suggested that, so that's fine. So, um, so who else came on um, apart from Casimiro, um, Ericsson? Who came on for... Okay, Pelestri came on. Pelestri was fantastic too. In his 10-minute cameo, he did very well. Created the opportunities for Rashford to to score the the second goal. So I think um I think um at this point um okay I, well I've talked about Rashford um earlier in the podcast as regards his performance um and the relevance of his performance. So there's not much to add about Rashford. Rashford has been sensational. He's been great. He's been good for Manchester United. And um I hope his form continues again. He grabbed the brace and he's doing okay. So thank you for so much um guys for um listening to this podcast. Um I would like to cut short the podcast at this moment because um I don't want this podcast to run for too long. Um I hope you enjoyed it. Um on Saturday at lunch time, twelve to Manchester United will be taking on Manchester City at the Derby. Manchester City will be angry after they were embarrassed by Southampton. Um at St Mary's in the Carabao Cup quarterfinals and might be um keen on getting the victory to remind everyone how good they are, but Manchester United can and should be able to, you know, defeat Manchester City if we play to our strengths. And what are our strengths? We should be defensively organized. We should um, make the midfield compact and hit them on the break whenever we can and try and grab, you know, enough goals to cushion any fight back for Manchester City who I expect to give us a good game after losing and resting players in the Carabao Cup quarterfinal against um, Southampton. So that, those are my thoughts on the game. I wish Manchester United best of luck in the Carabao Cup um, semi-finals and in the next Premier League game against Manchester City at Old Trafford. Hopefully we do very well and um, when next we have our podcast over the weekend, I'll be back here to celebrate with you guys on being in the top in the top four race or fighting for being a title challenger, you know. So that's what I believe because if we win this game against Manchester City, we'll be in a title race. Make no question, make no mistake about it. No matter what anybody says about our chances, if we defeat Manchester City, you know, We'll be in a tattoo race, and if we're in a tattoo race, then you can expect that if um, there are no injuries to the match side of their squad, 
um, Manchester United will go far on Eric Ten Hag, who has been a breath of fresh air for us at Manchester United. So thank you so much again for listening to this podcast. Uh, do have a great week ahead of you and stay blessed. Bye for now.